today we are here with Sherry Walker. Welcome, Sherry. Hi. Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it's good morning for you. It's really early for you. In Central, it's 9 a.m. For me, it's 4 p.m. So that's why we can do this at this time because I'm still up and you are just up. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten to know you just recently because you started to become a member of the mastermind of Coast of Me with Kendra and Gwen and Kristen and Ruben. And I think it is, it, it's really fun to get to know you in, in this couple of sessions that we've met, um, specifically of how you stitched all your work together and what you learned from it and how you're using it today. But we'll get to that in a bit. What I find interesting is that if I look at your resume on LinkedIn, you have done a lot of intern jobs. My feeling it's not very standard when people do so many interns. Why did you do all these intern jobs? Oh, so I learned something early on <laughs> because oh, I did not like the status quo. Um, when I saw repetitively, it was people getting into jobs. And when you get into a job, usually they recommend you stay there for a year. So you can end up really thinking, I really want this job. And then once you get it, it might not be what you thought. And then you have to stay a year or more. And I learned with internships, they only last a semester. So that is three months. And if you stay for three months, it does not look bad on you if you never go back. It actually looks good. You diversified your resume. You grew your skills. You met a new company. You got new coworkers and you were able to get great recommendations. Um, so I really took advantage of going to do internships while I was in school. I love school because it gave me an opportunity to do internships. Ooh, I reach for paid. Sometimes they were not, um, but um, paid internships where I could learn new skills and learn about new industries that I would have never heard about uh, before. And they love being able to just give someone an opportunity to learn and grow. So internships, when I was interested in something, was definitely perfect for me because it gave me the flexibility of either staying or going and like learning something about a new industry, amazing people, and gain some really awesome skills. Yeah. <laughs> and it did, and it doesn't look bad. It looks good on your resume. <laughs> I completely agree with these internships with because it, it's it's just a great way to learn about cultures, about companies, about various jobs, how people respond. And I think within like the first year it's like there's like a steep learning curve um, when you learn so much about a company, about the culture of the company. And then it slowly, you know, flattens. And I think that's the time you should move on to the next job, especially in the first, you know, 10 years, maybe even. Uh, but for, for the first time, uh, for the first period of your life, I think that's the thing you want to do. Get as much experience as you can. And, you know, if you do it in school, like you did, it, it's even better because you have, you know, hopefully nobody, you know, is binding you or nothing is binding you. You can, you can go anywhere. I also saw that you talk, because you talked, you mentioned about money getting paid internships, but um, the internships that I was, that I had, they got paid, but it didn't pay a lot. So how do you handle that? Because if you have no backup from family at home or something, how do you take care of that? See, that's really hard. I was fortunate. So I saw those unpaid internships and I could not afford it when I wasn't in school. 
it wasn't even an option to do a paid or unpaid internship because I needed more money. Sometimes what I would do was, even if it, I'm going to say it wasn't an internship, but you can act like it was. Jobs that paid really low. I had to work multiple jobs. Um, so, oh, I know the struggle is real. <laughs> You're trying to get skills and you are not earning enough. What I definitely recommend now that if you are in school to take advantage of those internships, spend your time <laughs> interning. I know there's a lot of stuff you can do in college and it's really fun. You have homework to do, but if you can get into an internship that is flexible with your schoolwork, definitely do it because you'll have either your scholarships or financial aid to be able to support you while you figure out what you want to do. It doesn't just have to be from the classes you take, but from those internships you take. If not, I'd really see about getting into what I'm learning more about is fellowships. So fellowships work with people who, um, internships sometimes work with people who are um, just working too, but usually it's like students. Fellowships a lot of times work with people who are professionals who are already in an academic field and there's a lot of paid fellowships so you can do your job while doing a fellowship and it's not another job it's called a fellowship <laughs> i think that's really important because some jobs are like mm -mm, you ain't got no time but it's a fellowship so they're able to teach you like um this amazing organization it's a nonprofit. i'm gonna shout them out um it's called um op-ed and they taught me about how to write to change the world they like really put me on my feet for like being able to write and launching my blog and getting to the writing world um but they have like fellowships that are available where you get mentors who teach you how to write who are journalists and they give you the background and they give you the training and it's also opportunities to get paid too while doing those fellowships so i think really looking for fellowships if you are working and you can't afford to do a low-paid internship that might require Ooh, 20 to 40 hours of you so that you can't do the job you have now try to do those fellowships that works with professionals and if not just I would say try to get into <laughs> um, try to do informational interviews so that you can learn about the industry even if you can't do it being able to talk to a variety of people from the company is so important sometimes you don't have to work at the job to learn about the job go in and talk to people who are going to be real honest and authentic like what is your day to day? <laughs> what don't you like about your job? What does the work life look like? I think for me, like the entertainment industry, oh, it was so fun because I loved all those perks. Don't get me wrong. I was like, oh, free movies, Warner Brothers, Lionsgate, Dick Clark. I have to shout them all out. It, it was the funnest thing ever. They had a Keurig when it first came out and all the social media. And I love the WB shows from Warner Brothers. It was amazing. I could see them beforehand as I wrote social media posts because I worked in the social media department but um but what i realized is i did informational interviews and some people were saying hey the work-life balance is really hard you have to come in early you have to stay late so it's really hard to manage having your family and working in that industry and i was like ah at, even at that time it'll be years before marriage and children i was like ah, what's really important to me is family and i don't want the early mornings super late nights where I'm never able to see my kids. I'm going into the office, the sun is down and I'm leaving the office. I mean, I'm going, yeah, the sun is down when you go into the office and then the sun is down again when you leave. Mm -mm, that's not for me. So, so although I loved it and I had so much fun and I learned so much and yes, they got my skills on point and it looked amazing on my resume and got me other jobs. Just that industry wasn't for me because of that work-life balance and talking to so many people who said, if you want a family, 
don't do this. So I'm sure there's other places in the industry that you could, but the people I talked to said, Mm-mm. and I said, I agree. These are late hours and early mornings. Not for me. So that's what I say do. In conclusion, you find those fellowships who work with professionals and who also pay you. So they'll work around your job and you do those informational interviews to get the insider tips of, hey, what's really important to you? That's why I say like soulful adulting, because it's not just about how much will it pay? Will you be able to pay your bills? But will you be able to go home when you want to when you want to go home? Like, do you want to be outside when the sun is out? Are you OK working at 10 o'clock at night? Do you want to be able to have a balance where after work you still have energy to hang out with friends and family are you okay being like yeah i'm going to sleep <laughs> and um it ain't no time for you if you're okay with that go ahead but if not really think about holistically where you would want to be um not just the money because that's really important that's why i'm like so full adulting all the way <laughs> and i i think it's it's a great way to find out what suits you? What is what is good for you? And you talked about this fellowship and you talked about mentors during this fellowship. So what was the imp- most important lesson you learned from the mentor in, in your interns or in your, in your life so far? Oh, there's been so many great lessons, but I think the first lesson was definitely figure out um, those hours you're gonna be, um, even if you're not required, those hours that you're going to be expected to work. So I think there's a requirement and then there's an expectation. So on paper, you could be required to only stay nine to five, but the expectation may be after five, if everybody stays in the office, you stay in the office too, if you really want to climb that corporate ladder. (laughs) So I think being able to know that up front, what not only the requirements are on paper, but what those expectations are. So you can see if it aligns with with your life. Um, in addition to the budgeting, I, I think, um, oh, one of my mentors, she was honest and authentic with me. I remember I was like, I want to have a career I really enjoy. And I got this job that I absolutely loved, um, but it wasn't paying me enough. It was part-time. It was really, really low wages. And I wasn't able to cover the bills. I was on my own. I'm a former foster youth. So um, there was no parents to be able to call to ask for additional finances. I had transitioned out of foster care and trying to figure out life. And she said, Sherry, you're going to have to work to get money. And I was like, ah, goodness, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> so what I did was I worked the job I loved and then I worked three other jobs. I was doing lemonade. Shout out to lemonade because they have the best food ever. I really love their cafeteria. <laughs> And they little set up avocado and tomato. Yes, all the salads. Um, so I worked there um, serving people food. I also did Uber. I was doing that at night after work. Probably wasn't the safest, but I sure was driving. Um, and I also was delivering food um, at the time for, um, I believe it was DoorDash. I was, I was a DoorDash driver. So I was like on my feet trying to keep up my bills to keep the job I love, but it was so hard on me. And I realized, ah, I need to transition and I do need like one stable job so I can figure out what I want to do, where I want to go. And if I really want to do this work that I love so much, I have to figure out a way that I'm able to earn the skills so that I'm able to get paid what my skills are worth. I don't have enough, I don't have enough uh, foundation for skills. I don't have enough work experience. So I transitioned into another field that was able to 
successfully pay my bills and eventually again just that soulful adulting of figuring out where do i want what do i want to do where do i want to go um, and then being able to navigate successfully different places that i really enjoyed but do also being strategic about hey i need to pay my bills that's what i have to do now but also being mindful of hey make sure that whatever you do you have enough energy to still pursue what resonates with your soul what you really enjoy to find out who you are i had a lot of fine I had a lot of exploration to do of like what do i like to do and who do i like to work with i love helping people i love encouraging them um sitting in a cubicle by myself that's hard for me <laughs> like just like what's happening over there talk to people and find resources and connect people to different networks and help with resumes so just being able to really um find that line i think that was the most important thing of ask those informational interview questions and also make sure that you have that balance that yes you are earning the income but also that you have enough energy to still pursue your dreams and if you're in a job where man you feel like uh sherry <laughs> i don't have the energy to search and think about soulful adulting and what resonates with my soul i have to pay my bills and i understand because i've been there a million times i definitely say don't give up on updating your linkedin your resume and applying for unconventional jobs that you may not typically fit on paper but hey you need watch some youtube videos you also can reach out to me. I'm good at bridging the gap between what I've done to what I'm going to do next. Even if it doesn't seem typical, um, it's going to be a bridge. Right, <laughs> um, right, so right. just being able to do that um, will really be helpful, I think. I think that's the, the advice and the lessons that I've learned from mentors. Yeah. Okay, so, so one of the not very typical things on your resume is when you applied for uh, was it snap or was it again snap inc yeah snap inc yes so you were one of the 15 scholars uh, out of 150 college students who was selected to work at snap to do like why did you apply there good question so it wasn't an internship it's called an academy i learned during <laughs> it was completely different but it was like an internship but it gave a little bit more. Um, the reason why I did Snap Inc. Academy is when the first, when the pandemic first happened, um, I was pregnant with my daughter. I was about eight months pregnant and I was at USC getting my master's in social work. And when everything started locking down and, oh, you start social distancing and all these rules and regulations came, I realized that I had to do a pivot. Not only I didn't have to, but I wanted to as a new mom, um, first time mom, former foster youth, family and relationships are really important to me and i wanted the time with my daughter and also i was like it's a dangerous time let me i don't know the the mommy instinct kicked in i was like wait a minute let me let me see what i could do because they put this in the house so what i ended up doing was saying what can i do and what i love doing is i love telling stories i've always been a writer since a very young age growing up in foster care writing was my escape i wrote poems i wrote essays i could not do math uh at all <laughs> even now i'm not a math person but i was always good at writing so you give me some extra credit and that's how i passed my classes that's how i passed statistics that's how i passed all this stuff i'd be like what do you have for me you want me to write an essay i'll do it 
um, that's really important because I was thinking, where can I fit being a storyteller from home in this pandemic where I won't have to go out and I won't have to put my newborn baby um, in danger? So what I ended up doing was looking for opportunities. And I think that that's something everyone can learn from. Look for opportunities. Don't, don't just look for one thing in one area, but be open to everything. I'm, I like came up with this story about canvas of opportunities because you can create opportunities for yourself if you just stay open. Stayed open, looked on the internet for, hey, is there writing opportunities? Is there storytelling opportunities? And then I learned about Snap Inc. had a storytelling opportunity. Was looking on LinkedIn. I said, storytelling, I'm good at storytelling. Now, it was in the marketing and communications <laughs> and branding, and I had never done that before. But I've worked in social media. I volunteer for nonprofit agencies and I've written for blogs. I've been able to write for Education Weekly. I've done uh, work with PBS SoCal with a short film. All the things that I've done, whether it was paid on paper or was me just volunteering, because I do do a lot of volunteering and just going out and doing different things with new people to be able to support, <laughs> encourage and inspire. Because um, so many people have been able to do that for me. Um, so I applied and I showed the short film that I actually did with PBS SoCal about not being a statistic as a false lead. And they loved it. And I interviewed and I was honest. And you know what? I was able to bridge the gaps between what I've done and what my resume said. And they took me into that academy. And that's how I learned branding and marketing and communication. So for those uh, three months, I was on my grind and I had just had my baby. So she was like, literally, I'd be on these calls sitting in these meetings at Snap Inc. and my daughter would be in my arms. Nobody would even know because it's real easy. You don't know if I have a baby. Can you see it? No. <laughs> you know? So I would literally have my daughter doing the entire Snap Inc. Academy and I'd be doing um, mock, mock press releases, mock marketing campaigns. They had us doing all types of stuff I never did before. But with one hand and a baby, I was rocking. I was able to type and get through that for the summer. I ended up uh, making some really great connections, meet some great mentors. They taught me so much. And I was able to um, connect that to my next internships, which was amazing in the tech industry. I never had a background in the tech industry until Snap Inc., but I was able to leverage that into more internships. And then eventually until the job I have now working as a copywriter for a tech company, which is amazing in the marketing department. But it all started with Snap Inc. that I had no connection to technology <laughs> or the tech industry, but I built that bridge and I was open to opportunity and I knew if it's storytelling, I can do it. And I found out there's a whole world for storytellers in the tech industry. No one ever told me that. I didn't know that till the summer I had my daughter. <laughs> and I was excited to find it. And I'm excited to be in it. I hope I explained it well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see that um, Gwen has a question here. She oh. says, how did you find the time to explore a new direction while working three jobs? Oh, that's a good question. So that's where that pivot happened. <laughs> where I said, I realized I needed to find one job, even if it wasn't what I loved, that could pay my bills so that I can focus on finding the job I love. While I had those three jobs, I didn't have the energy. I was driving for Uber at night, trying to dip and dodge. It was too dangerous. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Um, delivering um, during the day. And then I had the eliminate job in between and it was I didn't have the energy and I think that's so important that's why I say like soulful adulting this holistic way of looking at personal and career development is because 
although, okay, all those jobs combined, I was able to pay my bills. Energy-wise, strength-wise, heart-wise, spirit-wise, I just didn't have it. So I applied for tons of jobs in all types of industries just to see if I can get something. And I ended up getting a job actually working in the medical field as a clerk in the emergency room. So I was a clerk in the emergency room and I thought I want to be a nurse and um, I didn't want to work in the medical industry as like a professional because I'm like, oh, I'm scared and I don't like shots myself. I be then like ran, like run with me. Um, but I do like helping people and I'm really big on customer service and treating with people with kindness um, and supporting them where I can. So while working in that emergency room, I was sure to help as many people as I can with what I can um, at the time and be as nice and cordial and um, supportive with blankets and extra sandwiches if you needed it. I know I wasn't supposed to, but I was like, take this sandwich. You've been here for too long. <laughs> um, I think that's really important. And then that was able to give me the time to figure out, hey, going into social work was a great fit for me because there became an opportunity. I did enough volunteer work. I finally graduated with my bachelor's from Cal State Northridge. And I was able to like get a job in an industry that fit more with me once I had those skills. I was working on my skills while doing that job at, at the hospital as a clerk. So I think to answer that question, just solidified down to that one job so that I had the energy and then did my best of helping people where I could. And then once I had that one job, I had the energy to apply for other jobs, continue school, build my skills, and then transition into a job that more aligned with what resonated with my soul of helping people and helping youth and being able to um, support on the level that I wanted to. And I felt that my skills could best be used. So that would be my recommendation is try to solidify down to a job where you have the energy and you have maybe a little bit more time so that you're able to go where you want to go because you should be able to and you deserve to. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned a couple of times now that you are from a foster family, that you grew up in a foster family. And you've done also some volunteering in like the National Foster Youth and the Young Collective Leaders, uh, also for Foster Nation. So, and you did also your your master's was in um, social change and innovation. And now you work, you know, creating stories for a tech company. How do you use what you've learned from this volunteering from in the social kind of work area in your today's job? Oh, great question. So how I use that is, oh, being a very fast learner. <laughs> I learned how to learn how to, uh, you need to learn quickly. <laughs> so I think that that's one of the major benefits of of being able to come from my background is to learn very, very quickly. So being on top of new assignments when giving them, <laughs> and then also being able to, even though it's a tech company and I'm writing about technology, I'm really believe in the organization and I love their mission statement about helping everybody to be their most extraordinary. I think that that is beautiful. And actually the technology that they use helped me before I got Snap Inc. I actually took their like, they have this free online training called 
workforce ready. And all oh, that training was so helpful in teaching me how to do interviews, how to leverage my skills even more, how to get my resume ready and how to get my portfolio ready. So what this company produces is something that really helped me and that it, they offer free through their nonprofit. So I'll do my best to write with empathy. I personally have used the technology. So I'm not just like, you should use this because it is good and I work here. I'm like, no, you should really use it because this is amazing. And of course I code switch. So it's not like you should use it because I use it. It's like, oh, you know, you can, um, you can elevate your life by using the Workforce Ready program. You can help upskill yourself and get into another job where you don't have to quiet quit. You know, so of course I have to code switch to get it in there. Um, but um, but I think I think really being able to bring that empathy and that passion behind what I'm writing to simplify it so that uh, everyone can understand it um, on all levels, from the highest of the HR leaders to somebody who's just now wondering. Can I get in the tech world? I never heard about tech and storytelling and all of these things. Everybody from every level is able to understand it. So I write with empathy. I'm sure to make it so that um, anybody from any background can see it and do my best to understand it myself and explain it. Because if I don't understand it and I don't come from a tech background, I didn't even grow up with a laptop. I didn't get a laptop till I got in college. And that was a very long time. <laughs> so if I don't understand it, putting it in a way where other people can understand it too with that empathy. Um, yeah, and that heart to really see like, hey, are we speaking in a language that um, no matter where you come from, someone can understand. And if they find it beneficial, they can choose to um, purchase our product or take our free courses that are offered through the foundation. Then you have a job which pays for your living and your family and your daughter. And then you decide to start a coaching training and to become a coach on coach.me. Why did you add that to all the other responsibilities you already have? Good question. So what I realized is, oh, sometimes when you become a mom, people say, that's it for you. Stop dreaming. I don't believe in that status quo. I think it's beautiful for your children to see you, whatever you do, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you work part-time or full-time or oh, you just balancing life and get it by day to day. I think that there's a beauty in being able to still do what you love um, and have your children be able to see that. So I really am big on being able to assess what do you want to do and where can you be of support in the world, even if nobody's paying you to do it. So that's why I have so much volunteering and being able to like work with different organizations is because Oh, I, I realize money is important and it is because you got to pay your bills. But there's also the component of the holistic approach of you can grow, you can learn, you can be of service in the world. Like people have been of service to you. And one thing that I'm really good at is I'm really, really good at thinking outside the box of finding opportunities and building bridges in areas that usually people don't see. Um, so I've been able to help so many of my friends find careers and passions in new areas that they never knew that they could get in, that they wanted to get in or that existed. So I decided, hey, you know what? I really want to leverage the skills I have now um, at thinking outside the box, being able to coach people. Thank you, coach me. You taught me about habit training. Um, <laughs> leverage those skills to really help other people to be able to find the careers 
not just pay the bills, but really resonate with their soul. So I wanted to learn how to be a better coach. So I took the coaching program and I loved habit coaching. I was like, I need to have some better habits myself. Wait a minute now. Um, this is good for me. <laughs> let, let me try to implement this. CD habits. Yes, go Kendra. Shout out to her because oh, she helped me. Uh, whip me into shape <laughs> um, in the best way though. Like a, like a, like a head share. You could do it. Let's get it together. And then and now I want to be able to help other people with those same skills. So I don't think of it as like more things taking my time. I think of it as more opportunities for me to be able to use the skills and things I'm passionate about to be able to help other people. And I hope that my daughter and my daughters soon to come in the summer, that they're able to see like, hey, their mom was able to work in a variety of industries. She continued to search and to grow and to learn. She was able to multitask, yes, but she was also able to still do what she wanted to do at a level of helping people in the way she wanted to help them. So I chose coaching because, ooh, I don't have time to do those LCSW hours. I'm gonna be honest, I have my social work, my master's in social work. I don't have time for 3,000 hours as a mom, but I do have time to coach. I do have time to make worksheets. I do have time to listen to people's backgrounds and stories and say, okay, you aren't happy in the job you have. Let's see what we can do to transition you into a job that you may not even know existed in me either. We just have to look and do some informational interviews and I have to hear from you, us work together to make some holistic goals and let's get you to where you wanna be. So that's what I can do is I can coach. <laughs> I can't get those hours, but I can coach because it's flexible. It's working with my time. It's working with other people's time. And it's doing what I absolutely love while I still get to do this amazing job in the tech industry writing. So coaching is flexible. You can do it in the evening when my daughter goes to sleep. You can do it during her nap time. I love Coach Me. That text-based coaching, amazing. Yes, I'm all for that because I'm a mom and I'm like, friends text me because I ain't got time to be on the phone all day. I got things to do. Wait a minute. So love the text-based coaching and love that they're teaching habits, not just like, go, you can do it. But like, no, what are the tangible, actionable steps you are going to do and what aligns actually with your day? Not just what sounds good, but are you really going to do this? If not, let's make this habit teenier. Maybe you need to just, you know, you don't like brushing your teeth. Maybe you need to just Look at the toothbrush every day for a week. And then the next week you pick it up. You know, I'm thinking of Kendra and how she helped with um, her coaching, that, that type of thing. So that's why I chose coaching because of the flexibility, because coaching, coach me gives you so many opportunities to really work with your schedule on your timeline and still serve the world and being able to coach people and help them to get to where they want to be. And I love that. And that's what I'm passionate about is helping people to get out of the status quo and grow. I hope that answers. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. so um, this is going to be my final question. So, for you talked about a number of times, you call it soulful adult adulting. What is what is what does it mean to you? Oh, good. So, soulful adulting to me is about living a life that resonates with your soul on a heart and mind and strength level. It's about being able to harmonize personal, professional, and spiritual aspects in a way that aligns with your core values and your authentic self. So this, this involves cultivating self-awareness, um, you getting some emotional intelligence and resilience, pursuing passions and careers that provide a sense of purpose and connecting spirituality 
with something greater. And like I came up with like a little tagline for um, Soulful Adulting because I do have a podcast. <laughs> and so I think of it as life remastered. So soulful strategies for personal and professional growth and soulful strategies, meaning not just looking at the money, not just looking at, hey, um, here's just an opportunity. I want to take it. But really looking at from a soulful level, what do you want not only in your professional life and your career, but what do you want in your personal life? Take time to stop and really consider that. And I do that a few ways. So I use digital vision boarding. I don't only do a yearly vision board, but I do a monthly vision board. And sometimes I need a weekly vision board when I'm really feeling discouraged. So just being able to really highlight living from a place of soulfulness that really resonates with your soul and not from just a place of I need to survive but a place of I want to thrive and even if I don't feel like I'm thriving now I'm still striving to do so in my day-to-day life and pivot when I need to so I can get to a place where I am able to walk in my personal and my professional growth and goals with soulful adulting and I hope I explained that well (laughs) Yeah, you did. And I what I I remember one of the first or second times we talked in the mastermind and you talked about what you did, what you do with your coaching. And um, by the way, I have put up the profile of you on coach.me so people can see what you do here. The link is in the, at the bottom as well. What I remember was how quickly the other people in the mastermind um, saw opportunities for, of what you were offering for other people so that y- you really had your story packed in a way that people understood what you were doing and they saw people who could use what you were offering. So my idea is today also, and I'm going to show here the QR code so you go directly to your profile and people can send that link to somebody they know because I, I bet when people are listening to this conversation that we are having, listening to you, Sherry, that they think of someone who could use your soulful adulting and, you know, start, for example, with this one hour career empowerment session with you and learn about, so what's the next step? What can we do? Um, How how can I transition to something new or do I need to do this or not? And, you know, I think it's just really great how you talk about the work that you do and what you can offer and what your results will be. That's just how I you know, listen to your story today. So thank you for that, Sherry. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for having me on today. And oh, sure, my coaching practice on Coach Me. Shout out to Coach Me. <laughs> Got me into the coaching world, which I, actually, which I absolutely love. Um, yeah, and thank you for having me. And if anyone has any questions, or even if you don't want to get one of those coaching packages, you just need support with your career, connect with me on LinkedIn. <laughs> and reach out to me. Um, I love to be of any support I can. And I'm opening up this group coaching program. I know if you looked at the prices, you're probably like, girl, 149, 200, I can't afford that. Do one-on-one coaching. That's how I can afford to do it. But this group coaching program will be about $20 a month. It'll be amazing. I'll be teaching some really great things. That wait list will open up soon. So feel free to go to my website, Hey Sherry Walker dot com to sign up for my waitlist to get on my group coaching program if you want to see what i'm about and you want to learn more about how to live a soulful adulting life and be a soulful visionary i'd love for you to get into the program it'll only be 20 dollars a month and we'll have so much value and we'll get together and we'll learn and we'll grow and we'll get you to where you want to be in your career and your personal life 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you are listening to this and you want to see the video or go to the links that we share, because also I will put in the links with the two videos that I found with you, like the one that you mentioned with the, um, uh, I'm not a statistic, the, the, the spoken word that you did there. Um, I'm going to share those videos and you can see that on blog.coach.me by Monday. So next Monday, otherwise I'll be seeing you next Friday here at the same time. So 9 a.m. Central and 4 p.m. Central European time. So thank you, Sherry. And thank you all for watching. Thank you. Bye everyone. Have a great day. <laughs>